This is Fantasy Book Club. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Book Club. This is the Internet's Book Club and just by listening, you're a member. My name is Colton Pratt. And my name is Sydney Lyerly. And guess what? We're back, baby. For Not you, that- no time has passed between when we left and we've arrived. Except for like a week. We, we had a week off. Yes. But for us, we're back from like a month long break. Yeah, we had Christmas and we had New Year's. And guess what, guys? We officially made it to 2024. How cool is that? And Sydney is now 21 years old. I am 21 years old. She and lost Colin over $20 here. or $40, sorry, at the casino. <laughs> yeah. Well, technically, I lost 20. My mom lost 20. So. But. Yeah. You, um, the Lyerly household. <laughs> the, the net value of the Lyerly household has decreased $40 to gambling. Yes. <laughs> um, and Colin is still a baby. It doesn't turn 21 until the end of the month. Uh, it's so close. But here's a couple things. So actually, by the time you guys listen to this, I will be 21. Colin might be 21. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing that we're doing. There's a, there's a few things that have happened since the last time we recorded. The first thing that happened is the official date for book five of Stormlight Archives yes. got announced, which it's is December December 6th this year. What that means, though, is if we continued with the regular readings that we had already planned out, we wouldn't be done till June next year. Ah, not so idea. what we've done, it's still within like a reasonable amount of reading per week. Yeah. If you read about a half hour a day, you'll be more than able to be done. Yes. Uh, we've upped the readings, not for the first week because we told you different last time. But we've upped the readings for the rest of the rest of the series. Yep. So the week we finish book four is the next day book five releases. Yep. So we will be right on top of things and getting through it as it. Yeah. We'll be, also, n- now with this new method, I am not going to have read ahead. So Cindy and I both will be discovering the fifth book together for the first time. Yeah. How fun is that going to be? So that's going to be a pretty a pretty fun twist on things. Uh, I, think. I know we can both make theories and we'll both yeah. have no idea. And our audience can make theories with us because they also won't know. I know. How fun is that? I'm really excited. It'll be a lot of reading and yeah. a lot of episodes uh, before we, we get there. But, I mean, it's but, three books worth reading. But yeah, it really, I don't think, when I mean, we have a year, it really shouldn't yeah. be too much. If you read like, like Colton said, like thirty minutes a day. If you're a part you of a, it. if you're part of an internet's book club, you read more than three books a year. Yes. So this will not be a ridiculous amount, but just as an alert, alert, we're upping it a tiny bit to make yeah. it so we can get there in the end. Yep. Um. Speaking of which, what do we read this week, Cindy? So this week we read the prologue, and we read chapter one and chapter two oh, of the we, second one. Can we didn't even realize say. we're we're now moved on from uh, Way of Kings of Brandon Sanderson to the second book of this of this uh series that is called the words of radiance yeah and so we read prologue chapters one and chapters two i really enjoyed them how'd you feel i like them also i also want to say this cover is very pretty i assume this is kaladin on the front i mean yeah he's yeah that makes sense yeah um and so next week though is the first of many i'm sure Sydney will take advantage of comical times oh joy so um because we've upped the reading <laughs> there's a lot of chapters you get to read next week. You want to hear them? They're all pretty short anyway. But yeah. yeah, it's chapters three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and eleven. So at the end of the day, it's chapter three, to three 11. through eleven. Yeah. Make sure you have those read before next week so that we can, uh, you know, get going with you. Actually, you know what's great about this? What is it'll give you guys more time to like. You, there won't be a huge gap between readings. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like that's sometimes an issue. It's like, oh, I read them so fast, and now I've got to wait a whole week, right? Yes. But now you guys don't have to wait a whole week. I mean, you do, but, like, less. it'll take you. I, yeah. I would say, like, this 
if you read about 30 minutes a day as like an average reading speed, yeah. you will 100% get done with this, no problem. So yes. yeah, there's not not a lot. You can spread it out a little bit more. It'll be great. Yeah. Okay, we'll begin getting into the actual book yeah. now. Yeah. Also, by the way, one more thing before we start. Because of the extended readings, you do not, I know, you do not want to listen to a three-hour podcast. Oh, yeah. So we will we will be at slightly higher level over the chapters. We won't be doing every detail, every conversation like we normally used to do. Yep. We'll be doing much more like points and then we'll talk about it more. Yeah. So prologue, it's the first one. It's me. Uh, this is called prologue to question, which if you remember is a fun, fun echo of last book's prologue, which is prologue to kill. Oh, yeah. Uh, I honestly forgot about the title. Yep. I was just thinking about what was happening in the... Yeah. yeah. It's the same deal, though. It's six years ago as well. This prologue takes place on the same day as the last prologue. Yep. But instead of Zeth's point of view, who killed the king, it's uh, Yasin's point of view, yep. who is the daughter of the king who died, if you didn't yep. remember. Um, and so Yasna is at the party, and she discovers... She hates the party. Yasna is not a party animal. I uh, can't say I blame her. Yeah, she's... I mean, She's not into it. I don't mind going to like dances and things like that. Yeah. But I feel like something like this would not be my speed. Yeah. At all. And also she doesn't like she she's actively against people getting drunk and becoming dumber. Yeah. One sentence that I think is baller that she says later on is um, as the night goes on, people's conversation grows louder, but not smarter, yeah. which I think is really funny because, yeah, that's a good. That's Pretty a good accurate. thing to say. It's it's also very on brand for Yasa to say something along those lines. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, Yasna also is kind of, she's like talking about hiring an assassin and it gives you a moment of, uh, I, yes. When I was reading, I had a moment of no, no, you can't tell me Yasna hired Seth. You can't tell me this is Yasna's fault, yeah. but it's not thankfully. Um, and Yasna, as she's walking, by the way, suddenly her shadow goes towards the light not away from it that's not how shadows work it's not and sh at, when she notices that by she panics like her breathing gets weird she gets really really nervous yeah and she's like i hope no one sees one nobody better see this and then high, high prince sadius just walks right through the shadow and doesn't like even acknowledge that it's going the wrong way because honestly yeah. how much time do you spend looking at shadows zero yeah, so it would be kind of hard to notice for the most part the only time i ever think about my shadow is when i'm golfing because like there's a thing when you golf that your shadow, like it, other people's shadows can kind of get in your way. And it's a little bit distracting because, you know, if you see a shadow moving while you're standing over the golf ball. Yeah. But um, that's the only time I think I've ever really like thought about shadows in any kind of way. Yeah. Um. She also is like, hopefully no one saw it. Anyone see that? And no one, she's like, no one's around to look other than Parshendi. Oh, and a shin man in white. That's weird. That's sus. Okay. And then she moves on. Hmm. Um, I wonder who that Shin Man in White is. I wonder who it is. Um, she she calms herself. It, this really threw her off, and it seems like it's happened before because she thinks like not again, not again. Yeah. So it the the light thing really does like screw with her. Yeah. And but she she breathes through it, and then she uh, continues walking and finds her father, who's supposed to be at the party, Gavilar, talking quietly with Amaram. Yeah. And she's thinks something along the lines of. Oh, that's strange. I wonder what that is. Uh, and she kind of walks up and Gavilar puts Yasna down in the most baller way possible. Yeah. Um. Actually, can we do this conversation? Because Gavilar makes her seem like nothing and it makes me feel kind of bad for her. Sure. You ready? Yep. Father? She asked. He glanced at her. Ah, 
Yasna, retiring so early. It's hardly early, Yasna said, gliding forward. It seemed obvious to her that Gavilar and Amaram had ducked out to find privacy for their discussion. This is the tiresome part of the feast, where the conversation grows louder, but no smarter, and the company drunken. Many people consider that sort of thing enjoyable. Many people, unfortunately, are idiots. Her father smiled. Is it terribly difficult for you? He asked softly, living with the rest of us, suffering our average wits and simple thoughts. Is it lonely to be so singular in your brilliance, Yasna? She took it as the rebuke it was and found herself blushing. Even her mother, Navani, could not do that to her. Perhaps if you found pleasant association, Gavilar said, you would enjoy the feasts. His eyes swung toward Amaranth, whom he'd long fancied as a potential match for her. Gavilar so effectively and so quickly makes Yasna feel flustered in a way that no one else, despite trying, yes. has been able to in any of the books so far. I feel so bad for her. That's so rude. Yeah. Well, I mean, she did say something kind of rude as like, I'm the smartest in the world. Yeah. But her dad is able to just demolish her in like the, the way that the Alethi talk. Also, I'm so glad her and Amaran never got together. <laughs> that would have been an L for romance. Yeah, imagine imagine that, uh, like how Kaladin would have to feel about Yasna now. <laughs> and Yasna's association with Shalad would make him hate Shalad. It would be a whole thing. It'd just be negative, negative romance points. Because we don't like Amaram. We do not like Amaram. Um, remember what he did to Kaladin. If you guys forgot for some reason. Yeah. Remember. And uh, Yasna then kind of finishes conversation. Yeah. Uh, doesn't really get much information about what the two were talking about other than like the treaty as like a concept. Yeah. But nothing specific. Um, and then she kind of moves on. She does. Yes. Uh, she also, she moves on. She's walking and the shadow does it again. And she is done with it. Yeah. She actually goes, all right, that's enough. And she's like, wait, I didn't mean to say that out loud. Oh, mm, uh, Okay. And then the shadow, when she acknowledges it, stands up and it's in the room with her. Hello. Uh, she freaks out and then like tr- stumbles and puts her hand against the wall. Yeah. And her hand goes into the wall and then everything pops out of existence and turns into beads. Can you imagine? How do you even react to that? Yeah. Like, I I mean, I don't know. You're just going about your, your normal trip to go talk to an assassin totally normal (laughs) and this happens yeah and also by the way it's mentioned the the um lantern nearby that the shadow is drawing towards Mm -hmm. suddenly goes dim and then everything pops out of existence yes um and she's falling through a sea of beads she's drowning she's panicking she's scared she's in shadesmar of course yes and she discovers uh that when she's touching she really Basically goes through what y- uh, Shalon goes through very slowly. She goes through it like like point over point. She touches things. Oh crap! These all are saying the like these all have yes. an inclination in my brain. Like I yeah. touch it, and I can kind of know what it is. Mm-hmm. And then she puts some kind of power. We know it's stormlight, but yeah. she puts her some kind of power into one of them that said cup. And then the entire sea around here around her turned from sea of bees to sea of beads in the shape of cups. Yeah. And she's like, I'm drowning. I'm drowning. They're forcing the way down my throat into my nose. I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. And so she sweeps out looking for something. And she finds something that's described as old and um, like foundational to the rest of the beads. Yeah. And it's the palace itself. Mm-hmm. And so she pours all of as much of the power she has, which is the yeah. stormlight, into that bead. And all of the beads kind of congeal into the room of the palace she's in. Yeah. And 
that's enough to make the bees not drown her anymore because they're all now busy being the shape of a palace. Yes. Now, Sydney. Yes. When you picture this space, how big are these beads in your brain? Oh my gosh. When not I first very Okay. They're like the size of like maybe like a quarter in yeah. my head. Well, That's it, what I think of them as. It describes it like when I first read about Shades More, I thought like pool balls, like cues, like you could get a grip on one of them. Because it says like oh, okay, you yeah. grab a beat. But they force their ways they force their way into her mouth and her nose. Yeah. So it even needs to be smaller than yours, because it forces their way into their nose. Yeah. So it would maybe. have to be like in my now I've realized they have to be like really, really tiny, like, like little, jewelry beads. Like jewelry beads, yeah. yeah. I always thought of like quarter size beads. I actually think I think a good description would be like pearls on a necklace that size. That yeah, makes sense that to me because those can show up your nose and like plug yeah. it. Yeah. So they, that's probably in my brain. I always pictured bigger, and so every time it says in their mouth, I was like, <laughs> like I was trying to how how do they get in there? That's that's, huge. <laughs> that's funny. Can you swallow a pool ball hole? <laughs> I don't. Th- I hope there actually are people who do that. That's insane. It's like the jawbreakers because yeah, uh, jawbreakers are probably about the same size as like pool yeah, balls, the right? big ones. The those big ones. things. Freak me out. <laughs> I mean, they're called jawbreakers for a reason, but how do you even begin to eat one? You lick it. Yeah. When I but see that it, would take you like literally like four hours. When I see a kid, there's I've had this happen a couple of times with my cousins, will have a baggie with their like half-eaten massive Ew. jawbreaker in it. And I can only think of that as just a pile of spittle. They've just been <laughs> slobbering on that spool to get it to go away. I don't think I've ever actually had a jawbreaker. Really? No, because oh, that's just too much effort. Yeah, like suckers are fine because I can just stick it in my mouth and eat it in like, you know, one sitting. But a jawbreaker is too big. Yeah. I don't want to have to hold it and lick it at the same time <laughs> and then not finish it because it's been like three hours already and I'm not even halfway through it. You're right. A candy you have to hold like with your palm. Yes, that's whack. Exactly. If you can't hold it in your fingers, it's too big. And you can't, you can't eat it all at one time. Yeah, it's not like you can just bite into it. You would break all your teeth out. Okay. The gumball-sized jawmakers, though, are pretty tight. I like those. I don't know that I've ever actually had one of those either. Well, they're good. Anyway, Yasna is now in the bead form of the palace. Ahead of her, the dark figure that was before the 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 like inky black man figure, yeah, uh, steps out and pulls a sword from a sheath that he's had. Yep. By the way, he's pulled a sword a couple times now, and then sheathed it and pulled it. Yeah. Um, and so she puts her power into a bead she found. That is the statues of the heralds. Uh-huh. And she pulls, she makes the statue of the herald form out of beads and then forces it to move like it's like threatening with a sword, kind of. Yeah. And that's enough to make the um the ink man kind of like step step off, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like back off. I'm done with this. You <laughs> made you made a tenala a lin statue move. <laughs> I'm done with this. Um and then it just kind of pop, I'm back. Yeah. It lets her back into the real world. And Yasna, weirdly enough, is just like fine with this. She's yeah. just she's like, I'll figure this out later. I have an assassin to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very bizarre thing, I think. But that I think that shows the difference between like Yasna and everybody else. Yeah. Is she's very calm and collected, even though she literally could be going crazy right now. Which we learn about actually in your chapter next is like that it's an intentional choice she makes. Yes. It's yep. not just from it's not just how she is, it's yeah. she decided it to. Yep. Yep. Um she also uh scurries away from that area where it's dark because all the lights around her are now dark. Yeah. And she scurries away trying to get away from what she feel describes feeling like seeing eyes watching her. Yep. And she says she's not able to get away from that. It's constantly chasing her. And um as she's wandering, she finds uh some 
people in the hallway, right? Oh, that, that's after she talks to the assassin, isn't it? Yeah, this is afterwards. So she she goes and talks to the assassin, Liz. Yeah. Liz is the assassin. Uh, well, first she finds the assassin. She ha- he has like a ward out front guarding yeah. the door. Then she goes into the list. And it turns out Yasna was uh, considering hiring an assassin to kill Elakar's wife. Yeah. Do we know the reason for that? I think basically she doesn't trust. Because Yasna's whole thing is she's talked to a lot of assassins and she's trying to like protect, protect her, family. her family. And she doesn't trust Elakar's wife. Yeah. And also like with a ton of assassins, she has a deal with a ton of assassins. If someone tries to assassinate one of the people I care about, like my yeah. family, I will pay you double what they what they will pay you mm-hmm. for you to tell me the name of who it is. And, yeah. I, and, and we'll talk more about that after. Yeah. Which I, I appreciate. But Liz, she decides instead of having Liz kill Elikar's wife, just have Liz follow her. Follow her. Yes. Instead of kill, which is a little bit uh, less terrible. Yeah. And Liz is intended, told to follow, get on her staff, follow her, report back anything interesting about yeah. her. Well, we know obviously nothing ha- had to have come from this because Elikar's wife is still around. Yeah. So. Well, maybe I mean, we learn. Maybe we learn something about it, but that's true. Unless he remarried or something, I don't know. Well, what you learn from this also is Yasna is very interested in protecting her family right yes. now. Yes. Yep. She's taken it upon herself as her duty to protect her whole, everyone in her family. Yep. Um, and so she basically does that. She pays lists to protect. To, to spy on Elikar's wife. Yeah. And then she's like, all right, and kind of moves on. Well, first she says, oh, didn't you say you had a your ward? You want to show me something about your ward? And she said, oh, that was about my last word. It was a shin man. He would listen to anything I'd say. He was ridiculous. It was crazy. And Yasa's like, huh. And you sold him? I sold him. Cool. And then she goes, I, th- I saw a shin man earlier. Interesting. Yep. Um. So basically we've learned that Liz had um, uh, Zeth. Was one of the owners yep. of Zeth. Yep. Yep. Um, and also, Liz's name was uh, like assassin name was the Weeper because the Weeper gouged out the eyes of its victims, and the Weeper has like a myth, mythic, uh, uh, mysticalness around them. Basically, saying it's because they're trying to say they don't care who if your dark eyes or light eyes. Yeah. You still die the same way, but Yasna knows it's because if the victim's eyes were there, people would know what killed out. her. People yeah, will know what killed them. Blade. So somehow Liz is a shard bearer who's yep. an assassin. Shard blades are supposed to be really rare, but we've met like 30 urchins who just kind of have them. I know. <laughs> you, you would think that's probably why the count is so low of like shard bearers yeah. in each kingdom because it's probably a bunch of individuals who have stumbled across and like passed them down your family. Yeah. Keep it a secret. Liz's assassin family has a shard blade. Yes. And so the count, like Colinar, the count of shard blades and Colinar would go up by one, yeah. but they're not owned by a Colinar individual it's owned by an assassin it's like an underbelly yeah yep um and then uh yasna starts to leave and uh she leaves she walks out they talk about the the assassin in white well they talk about not the assassin white but you know what i mean they talk about the shin man that was a slave that they had and then yasna leaves and runs into two people as like screams and stuff start to happen he, she runs into two people walking. Who are they? I don't remember who they are. Um, I don't really know either. Just some random people. Um, it's a it's two people saying, uh, "I'm worried about Ash. You're worried about everything. She's getting worse. We weren't supposed to get. We weren't supposed to get worse. Am I getting worse? I think I feel worse. Who are these two people talking? Um, I don't know that they're named. 
You don't think they're named. They're just the man. That the creature carries. Azish man and. Azish. Azish. I don't think they're named. I think they're just random men. Yeah, the Asian man and the shorter man. They're not actually named. And it's the that creature carries my lord's own blame. Who's that creature? I saw that. I thought about Zeth. It's that's gotta a, be Zeth. That's a good guess. So who are these people? Is it, is it? They seem to know stuff about about him. Yes, I have no idea. So who knows how they know something about Zeth? Uh huh. But they seem to also be invited by her dad. Like humans, not. The Parshendi? Yes. So we don't know exactly how they know each other, mm-hmm. what the deal with them are. But they kind of have a conversation where the they get very concerned about like seeing Yasna and hearing them. And one of them skitters off and the other one like plays it cool. And yes. It's like, the feast is over. Yes. And then they walk off. Do we count the random men as part of our list or not? I don't think so. They're okay. not, if they're not named. Yeah, they're not I, named. I, I feel that the, in the original version, they are named. Because I'm pretty sure the audiobook said a name when I listened to this part. So I think they might have a name. But I think we're not supposed to know it yet. So I have no idea. I, I don't see a name here, so I'm pretty I don't sure see there's a name. I don't think there's a name in the actual book. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, Kindle version now. Yeah. But I think in like the original print and the audiobook, there might be a name. But I'm going to say the newer prints are the are the true versions of the story. So yeah, they I don't, don't have a name. I don't see any name. So. Um, and then they hear screams. Yasa does. Ah, joy. And Yasa starts running, and. She finds the demise of a bunch of soldiers, a bunch of burned out people, and she sees someone in Sharpplate standing near a balcony, and she realizes it's her dad. Mm-hmm. And she watches him step out onto the, pat, the, the, the balcony and then watches the balcony collapse and her dad fall. Yep. And she panics and runs out to the balcony, like the door, and looks down and sees a shin man in white standing on the wall, walking down it towards her father. Yep. And she's immediately like, what? No, that's, what? The, that's not how gravity works. <laughs> um, And then she sees uh, the assassin go to her father, kneel over him. And then uh, she doesn't know what he's doing. Cause she just sees him kneeling over yeah. and then walking off. And then um, Sadius, Sadius uh, appears and like starts yelling like someone go down there you know yeah taking charge yep. which actually kind of appreciate from Sadius yeah you know what's hard about starting this book since what? we already know all these characters yeah is our rankings are going to be based on yeah, I know the last book I'm okay with that a little which, bit which yeah I think it's fine because this is a, a series and yeah you know but, there's more to the yeah. story than Seeing Sadius risk his life for Gavilar, though, yeah, with the that reminds me that he was at one point at least a decent man, and like <sighs> immediately take charge to try and protect, you know, yeah, them. It's kind of a nice night kindness thing. What happened to you, Sadius? What happened? Yeah, um, and then a bunch of uh, freaking what are they called? Parshendi. Parshendi appear. The Parshendi leaders, like the three leaders of it, yeah, walk up and take responsibility for it. Basically, yeah. they open with, "We're sorry for your loss." Because they say it in a sing-song voice. Sorry. Oh, yeah. We're sorry for your loss. They all talk in like a, a rhythm. Mm-hmm. As they, they always are singing together and talking in a rhythm. Yep. Um, We take responsibility for his death. <laughs> Can you imagine that? They basically give themselves over. Because we hired the assassin. Uh, We killed your father, Yasna Kolin. I think only one of them talks. Uh, I think 
Ganga. Yeah. Gangna. She recognize she recognizes the the three of them though. She recognizes yes. the names of them. But only one of them talks. And her brain, by the way, is constantly trying to interrupt her thinking to make it make sense. She starts to keep doing like um scholar mind where yep. because she's in she's experienced trauma, her brain is receding and trying to not let herself think about it. Yeah. So she's doing she's doing uh analytical of like the Barshendi gender differences and then her she has to keep reminding herself to stop falling into the like uh scholar mind. Mm-hmm. I feel so hard for Yasna. This sucks. She just watched her father get murdered and also watched some dude walk on the a wall. And then the people that they're taking a peace treaty with take responsibility yes. for killing your father. There's so much that just happened here and I feel so bad for. Let's read this. My father wanted peace, your monsters. Why would you betray us now of all times? Yanga drew a line into her lips. And then she says, because your father was about to do something very dangerous. And they wouldn't explain more even to the point where they were hanged, they would not explain more as to what that means. Dun, dun, dun. Any theories? What was their father about to do? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, I don't know. I think he was on the verge of discovering that they used to be void bringers. Mm. And I, cause I think the person, you know what mm. they were okay. or what they are, I guess. Um, and so I think he was on the verge of kind of figuring that out yeah. and then doing something about that because, okay. you know, yeah, that's my theory. That's something. Good theory. I like it. That's really all I got. I like that theory. It's a good theory. <laughs> and that's the end of, of the prologue. That is the end of the prologue. Did I do a good job, Sydney? Great job, Colton. It was weird to be back in the saddle again. <laughs> also, this prologue does a, a lot of stuff happens in an order I always think should go in a different order. <laughs> so it's, it's, it to me was like, I kept having to remind myself like, nope, not that happens. Something else happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, now we get into part one. We do get into part one. Which so, is Sydney's chapter. Yeah. Part one is called A Light. And we see Shalon, Kaladin, and Dalinar in this part. By the way, it's not a light. It is a light. That's why I said a I know. Light. I know. I'm, I'm clarifying. It's one word. Like, if something yes. is glowing, it is a light. Not if it is a bulb. Not it a is single a light. light. Yes. I would have said a light, not a light. Well, it's a light. There's a difference. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Chapter one. It's called Santhid. I'll read the little um, journal, journal of bit. Navani, journal bit. Journal bit from Navani. So it says... To be perfectly frank, what has happened these last two months is upon my head. The death, destruction, loss, and pain are my burden. I should have seen it coming, and I should have stopped it. From the personal journal of Navani Colon, just says 1174. Real fast, when I first read this, mm. okay, when I first read this journal bit, I thought it was maybe from when Gavilar got killed, like right after, like two months I after also Gavilar did. got killed. But then I read the second one. And, and also, I was wait, like, we, if, it you can't remember, be. if you remember the death rattles, which we know are modern because Gavilar yes. was keeping them, the death rattles were ending. The last book, death rattles started 70, 1172 and went all the way through 1174. Yeah. This book, it starts in 1174. So we know it's this year, like the modern yes. year for the book. Well, okay. But the next chapter also does. Yes. The next chapter, I was like, oh, okay, it can't be then. Yeah. But yeah, so it, it's current. It's like it's, she's writing this like either, either recently ne- or. Within within the year of the the happenings, yes, it could be the beginning of the year, and we're near the end. We could yeah. be near the beginning; it's at the end. Yes, but it's within a year of this happening. Yes, it could be a future thing. Yeah, it could be slightly in the future. That's what I. That's what I would. Th- I yeah, thought is maybe it, it's it's. It in seems the weird for Navani take to take uh, responsibility for like Sadius's betrayal and stuff. Yes, because that's and the only death. We know we it hasn't of. been two months because. Um, yeah. in the next chapter, it's mentioned that, um, it's even, like the next day. Yes. It's like a couple days later. This actually takes place. It's funny between book three and four, the, uh, 
a long time passes. Like, uh-huh. and so I was, I that's the last time I've read it was I yeah. read those. And so I was like, whoa, this is like tomorrow. Yeah. I forgot that he did it that way for this one. It's yeah, just like this is the like next day. A couple days later. So um, I also realized something, by the way. Yeah. Last book, the stuff happening with Shalon and the stuff happening with Kaladin were not happening sequently at the same time. Shalon until the very end were was ahead in time. Oh, because, really? Yeah, because Kaladin's story took like uh, several months. Yes. And Shalon's story took like two weeks. Yeah. Actually, it's not true. But you get the most yeah. of Shalon's story took like two weeks. Yeah. And so right. they weren't happening like subsequently. Uh-huh. Now they are. Yes. Shalon is currently on yes. the boat. Yeah. 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 I figured that. Um, yeah, I just thought I thought it was interesting. So I, yeah. I do kind of think that maybe this is like a hint at what's hap- going to happen in the future. Right. Versus what's already happened, because I don't know what the two months would be. Yeah. Since it's only been a few days since Sadius's whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, so we're with Shalon, and she's on a boat. She's back with I'm um, on a boat. Captain Tazbeck and his crew again. So that's fun. They're they seem like fun people. Yeah. Uh, she, you know, her and Yasna are on their way to the Shattered Plains. Uh, because that's you know that's what they agreed they were gonna do. Uh. Shalon is talking to Tazbek just about, you know, random stuff. And Yalb. Remember Tazbek and Yalb? Yep. Yalb is also there. They're just having a conversation and Shalon's sitting and drawing. And then they spot a Santhid, okay? And basically what a Santhid is, is is this giant, massive shelled creature that Mm -hmm. no one has ever seen the under part of it. Like it's very, it's considered lucky because they're so incredibly rare. Yeah. That it's considered lucky if one comes up and follows your ship because they like to follow the ships. And, and so all you can see of it are the top of the shell. Yep. And the only drawings of the rest of the body are from badly decomposed corpses found on beaches. Yes. So no one knows what a live Santa looks like. Yeah. And so Shalon's like, oh my gosh, I have to see this thing. I want to see this thing. And she tries to convince Yalb into like... Well, sorry. You skipped the head a little bit. The A pattern... In, she's drawing the sailors. A pattern rises on the drawing. Ooh, you're right. Uh, And it's yeah. kind of just like sitting there. Yes, and she can like feel it, and she can feel it. Yeah, and then it's like, it disappears. Then it disappears. Yeah. So that's something to note first before yes. before then yeah. then they saw the Santhid. Uh, yeah. So they see the Santhid, and uh, Shalon is trying to convince Yalb into letting her like tying a rope around her waist and like lowering her into the water so that mm-hmm. she can like peer at it. And they have like little helmet things that she can put on like a mask so that she can see clearly. Yeah. And be able to like kind of breathe. Uh, and he's like, um, no, that's a bad idea. Yeah. And Shalon's like, come on now. And basically he goes and talks to, uh, Captain Tosbeck and Captain Tosbeck's like, no. Yeah. It's not, it's not happening. I don't care. They're said to be harmless. I'm not putting you in the water. Mm-hmm. This is my ship. I'm not doing it. And Shalon's like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Basically she just is like, okay, well, I guess it's fine. What can I do about it? Yes. Sorry. This is something I think is funny really quickly. Yeah. So. The, the pattern came up on her top. She can feel it. It's, uh-huh. It disappeared. She jumped, screamed. The papers flew everywhere. Yeah. Yalb came over, helped her pick it up, and was like, what happened? And she doesn't yeah. want to say anything about it. Yalb walks away. She sits back down. Yalb, all the sailors around Yalb laugh. Yalb has glory spread appearing around him because he likes making them laugh. Yeah. Then when she has Yalb come back to try and ask to tie the rope around it, yep. Yalb at first was like, what are you talking about? And then eventually he smiles and goes, oh, this is a prank. If you're getting me back for what I said about your ba- your hind end, it was um, it was not meant to be any harm, <laughs> rightness. So I think the joke he made that got the glory spread, if I pieced the story together, was something about Shalon's tukus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, That's funny. When I was thinking about that, by the way, 
the reason I interrupted because the paper's flying everywhere, not that important. Yeah. But when I read this, I was like, it must have been a butt joke, right? <laughs> and so I wanted to bring it up and ask the audience, do you agree? <laughs> That's hilarious. It must have been. That's funny. Um, anyways. Uh, Tazbek says no, and that's basically the end of their little interaction mm-hmm. because Solan sits back down. Yeah, goes back to drawing, sketching. She's sketching the shell because she can't see the whole thing, so she sketches the shell. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yasna suddenly appears and comes out, and Yasna walks over to her and like, "What is the point of me paying for nice rooms if you're not gonna use them?" <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, and. Shalad says it's hard to study there, and Yasna sees that she's just drawn a bunch of pictures of shirtless men. And been like, <laughs> seems like studying here has been easier for you, huh, Shalad? <laughs> Everyone's making fun of Shalad today. Oh, Shalad gosh. is getting ma- mocked for her tuchus and mocked for her interest in shirtless men. <laughs> oh, poor Shalad. Poor Shalad. Uh, anyways, uh, Yasna then asked Tazbek to... Um, put another box on the the deck and like tie it down so that Yasna can also sit like like Shalon is and yeah. so uh Yasna shit uh sits sorry yeah <laughs> and uh starts like they just start talking kind of about um what's going on and like where they're headed and you know that kind of thing and uh Yasna starts like kind of opening up to Shalon and Shalon's like I thought you didn't trust me. Like, why are you suddenly telling me things again? Like, yeah. I didn't think you trusted me because she's been scared to ask mm-hmm. because she's scared that Yasna still doesn't trust her, which is kind of fair. Yeah. She's got a good reason to not trust Shalon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they start talking about Shadesmar. And basically, uh, Yasna describes like a little bit about Shadesmar and what she's found in her research. And so basically, she says, she says, all things have three components. The soul, the body, and the mind. That place you saw, Shadesmar, is what we call the cognitive realm, the yep. place of the mind. All around us, you see the physical world. You can touch it, see it, hear it. This is how your physical body experiences the world. Well, Shadesmar is the way that your cognitive self, your unconscious self, experiences the world. Through your hidden senses touching that realm, you make intuitive leaps in logic and you form hopes. So, basically, Shadesmar is, like, the idea of the things around you. So we know we know there so basically <laughs> there are realms that overlap. The physical yes. realm is what everyone sees, hears, yep. experiences. Yep. Then there's the cognitive realm that is like the concept of things yep. and your brain lives there and the concept of things become manifest through spren. Like we think of things as living yeah. in this world and those things then become manifest as living because of us yes. because of the the because of us in the cognitive realm, yeah. we have manifested things that we think of as a concept of living things, like the yep. wind being playful, yep. made playful wind sprint, like yep. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so basically, Yasna tells Shalon, that's how wind, like spren came about. Yeah. They are, they were created by human ideas and human like concepts. Yeah. And they came from Shadesmar and came to the physical realm so that we can see them because of what humans were like their ideas their concepts their thoughts that kind of thing right which is really interesting it's hard to explain mm-hmm. like it's I, i'm just it's hard to like talk about and explain you know it's a it's a weird concept but it, it also, it's interesting it also seems to exist around they, they they also seem to actually impact the world around them yeah which is part of the weird thing about it because it's like so before humans thought this up did they exist? Yeah. Because if they didn't exist, then did the wind act the same? Because the wind spread seemed to impact the wind. 
Yeah. Did wind change once the spren existed? Did they like? Does that make sense? Yeah. Because yeah, so it's kind of like a weird like, how does it exactly work? And I think that's intentional. Yeah. Uh, so it's just interesting. Um, they talk about the spren, and then uh, Shlan asks about the Voidbringers. Yeah. And whether the spren have anything to do with the Voidbringers, and uh, Yasna's like, well, I don't really know. Spren are hard to talk to. They're hard to like figure, like you know, understand. They're hard yeah. to like communicate with. Um, some of them don't trust me. That kind of thing. Uh, so she hasn't had a whole lot of luck with this. Um, but they talk about they talk about the fact that both Yasna and Shalon can soul cast on their own. They don't need uh, soul, soul casters. casters. Um, Pause. Also, Yasna says that she has been talking with this friend to help, like some understand yes. the ideas. Yep. And the spren aren't very helpful, and Shalon's confused because there are apparently some spren that are like basically human level intelligence. Like so. Like Sill and some yeah. other other types of spread as well. Yes. Like her little guy that she saw earlier. The the guy that she saw that was like the sword drawn. That's her spread. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Her her Sill is the little guy that she saw in the prelude. Yeah, I got uh, you. and so he's another type of of mm-hmm. uh conscious and smart, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then Shalon so Shalon looks out at the water and sees the same pattern in the water that she saw on the paper when she was drawing. And so she brings it up to to Yasna and is like yeah. I thought I saw something like a pattern of sharp lines, like a maze. Mm. And Yasna is like, okay, um, this is a little odd. And she tells Shalon that she thinks their meeting was like very coincidental. Yeah. And very suspicious. Like the fact that they met when they did mm-hmm. seemed very, very coincidental. And sh- Yasna is not a big fan of coincidences. So she thinks the spread. Either the pattern that sh- that Shalon sees, or the goop man that Yasna sees, had a part <laughs> in this. Man. What do you think? By the way, that's funny. Do you remember last book? What we we decided we think the symbol heads are. I'm gonna be honest. I don't remember because they, they asked for a truth. The spread the spread oh, asked for a for yeah. a deeply hidden truth. Oh, um, I don't remember what my answer was before. It was, you said something like deceit spread or truth spread, something to do with that. Oh, yeah, yeah, Then now, do you have any guesses about what Yasna's spread might be? Because it's, it looks different. We've, yeah. We've seen hers. It Compared looks different to, than the symbol heads. Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't feel like we know Yasna well enough, really, to, I mean, we know her, but, like, not, like, from her yeah. own perspective. Like, I feel like there's a lot we don't know about Yasna. Well, other than what we see on the outside, from what we know, there's yeah. one of one of the the magic spreads that bond with man. Yes, are honor. Uh huh. One of them are either truth, deceit, that yes. kind of a concept. Mm-hmm. So my question is more: What other similar like human concepts could be used to make like oh. people? Hmm. Because you know what I mean. Does yeah. That makes sense. Because yeah. like a spread of a physical like a for some like creation. Like the yes. idea of cr- being creative, mm-hmm. that's not a big enough concept apparently to create a mm-hmm. consciousness. Yeah. But honor, which I understand why the idea of honor is com- more complex yeah. than the idea of like drawing. Mm-hmm. And uh, l- truth, where the line of truth or the line of deceit yeah. is, is also yes. more complex. Yeah. So like those kind of things I understand being yeah. more complicated spread. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's I all know. I was talking it's about. It's interesting. Um, anyway, so they they move on. And uh, Shalon starts talking about her family or like mentions her family briefly. And then Yasna's like, oh, by the way, I uh, have taken some action for your family. And Shalon's like, excuse me, what? Yeah. You did what? And basically, uh, Yasna has sent 
Shalon's broken soul caster to her mother. Yep. Well, and she's ju- they still have it, but they're well, going to her They're mother. going to their to Navani. Navani's yes. going to look at it and try and fix it. Because she's a renowned Artifabrian. Yes. And an Artifabrian is a person who has five girls. Yes. She Basically, they're going to go to Navani. Navani's going to try and fix the, the soul caster. Yeah. And they're going to send it back to Shalon's brothers. Right. And uh, Shalon, hopefully it'll work and they can appease the people who were, you know, basically. Which Shalon, does, not Shalon, Yasin doesn't like doing because the ghost bloods, which are the group. Yes. she, The ghost bloods are kind of like anti-Yasna. Like she yeah. They don't, but Yasna's like, I'd rather your family live and they get a little more powerful yes. than your family die and you get all screwed up. And also, <laughs> Yasna has done another thing, which I'm so pumped for. Wait. Let me read what Navani has I was about to read that. So Navani says, as for the other matter, I'm very fond of the suggestion. I believe I can persuade the boy to at least consider it as his most recent affair ended quite abruptly, as is common with him earlier in the week. And the moment Sydney read read this, I got a text that said, Adolin and Shalon, I ship it. And then 16 more messages about how excited (laughs) she was about the idea of Adolin and Shalon. Basically, Yasna is trying to, they've basically... She's betrothed. Try that one more time. <laughs> Try that one more time. Oh my gosh, my brain. Betrothed. Betrothed. No. Betrothed. Still not betrothed. Betrothed. What is it? Betrothed. Got it. I don't know why I said betrothed. 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 It's not betrothed. I like betrothed better. No, it's betrothed. It should be betrothed. It shouldn't be betrothed. Actually, it's because when I was when I texted you about this. Yeah. Um, I, for some reason, I tried to spell it like betrothed. You tried to spell it that way. I tried to spell it that way. And I was like, that's not right. That's not how you spell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, uh, Yasna is getting her and uh, Shalon and Adolin together. They're not really, they're not betrothed yet, by the way. They have like a kind of contract that they might be. Yes. It's not a real betrothal. It's the, it's the step before a real betrothal. Yes. Um, but Yes, I'm excited. Yes, romance. Romance. Is I'm your, very pumped for the. You two are of them. king of romance, and by the way, Shalon. King. You're the king of romance. Shalon is king. actually very into the idea. Surprisingly, yeah. So you would think she would be kind of maybe thrown off, but she's like, I am so pumped for the idea of of being able to marry a a, a powerful man. I know. Um, Shalon is all for it. She's crushing hard on Adolin already, yeah. and she hasn't even met him. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm very excited for the two of them to meet. I hope they fall immediately in love. I hope they look. I hope Adolin looks at her and goes, "Yes, but I am all for this. I will marry you now." I this, hope that's what happens. <laughs> we, we also, it's funny. Yasna was actually genuinely very nervous about presenting this idea to Shalon. Yeah. And the idea of getting married, Yasna keeps saying, "Like, you're okay with the idea." of being beholden to another, particularly a man. Like, you're okay with the idea of your life being dependent on a man. Yeah. And Shalon's like, yes! And Yasa's <laughs> like, whatever. So apparently Yasa just does not get romance. Yasa has not no interest in it. <laughs> Yasna has no interest in romance. Yeah. Darn. Mm, maybe I need to find someone for Yasna. Who, make a guess. Who do you think Yasna would like the most? Nobody. Fair enough. Herself. That's a good. It, she's just like <laughs> on her own. I can't see Yasna with anybody, and yeah. I actually think I would be upset if Brandon Sanderson tried to set Yasna up with somebody because okay. Yasna is meant to be on her own. I think she's a she's a very loner type. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so they talk about this, and I'm very excited, and Shalon's very excited. Shalon and I, I feel like, are very similar. Yeah. <laughs> we have very similar personalities. Except Shalon is is uh, a very good artist. Yeah, I'm a terrible artist, and also I haven't murdered my father. 
yet. I don't know. <laughs> I don't plan on murdering my father. Hello, Sydney's mother. I know you listen to this. <laughs> Sydney has not disclosed any plans to murder her father to me. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, this has gone off the rails. I, I shouldn't have said yet. Your mom listens to this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways. Um... So they start talking about uh, where they're going and, you know, whatever. Yeah. They're talking about this. They're talking about um, what... Because Shlan's like, okay, this is great and all, but what is this going to look like for Aelin? Why would you sit me with Aelin and not Renarin? Because Aelin's third in line for the throne. Mm-hmm. And I have... No, I'm from a family that has no power. What do I have that he would want? Yeah. You know, what would benefit him? And Yasin's like, well, you have obviously have some kind of power. And I think you have promised to become something like really. The like, Night's Radiant. Yes. Yep. Right now you are but a promise. A chrysalis with the potential for grandeur inside. When once humans and Spren bonded, the results were women who danced in the skies and men who could destroy the stones with a touch. Yeah. And that might be you, Shalon. Don't be too nervous about it. Because that is a, a wild thing to tell somebody. Yep. Um, and then they talk about just how, like, how, so Yasna has a very, like, powerful presence. Like, people, yes. like, bow to her. They respect her. And Shalon wants that. She doesn't understand how Yasna's able to do that. Yeah. And we kind of find out that Yasna has this, like, ability almost to portray herself as, like, yeah. Like she basically tells Shalon that you don't have to be something like you can still like you don't necessarily have to be something to be perceived as that, right? Yeah. That makes sense. She said, you, they treat me like a princess. But if I was a liar who said I was me, if, if I was a liar who said I was a princess and I still held myself like this, they treat me the same. Yeah. Me being a princess is just another construct. Yeah. Basically. Anyone could hold my, like, when I walk into a room, people stop talking. And that's because of choices I've made, yep. not because of who I am. Yep. And so what Shalon decides to do, Yasna leaves. What Shalon decides to do, Yasna she goes up leaves. to Captain Tazbek and is like, all right, I need you to stop this ship now. You're putting me in the water and I'm going to see this uh, Santa. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. And she is able to portray enough that I want this and you're going to do it because I'm paying you. You're mm-hmm. going to do this. And so uh, Captain Tazbek agrees, and they tie a rope around her waist and lower into the water. She has the little, like, helmet thing that she puts on. They lower into the water. She puts her head under, and she looks at the Santhid, and what she sees is this giant is this giant creature, right? And it's got, like, these humongo eyes, and all of the living creatures in the water mm. are around it. Mm. Like, it's this huge environment of living creatures which i think is such a cool picture i this this is the moment for a movie yep where the camera goes underwater with her and there's this a wide shot of the bottom of the ship the giant beast fish swimming everywhere and i can imagine like the how to train your dragon type score for Uh this scene just the majestic score of Uh this this is why this needs media like (laughs) this needs a, a, a even a cartoon could do it i I think a, like a cartoon could do this movie well, I guess uh, yeah. animated movie. Yeah. But I also think a, a live action because um, this moment also represents like Shalon trying to become like a like 
growing in yeah. her in her power and stuff. It's such a good moment. And I don't know. I could picture this and it gives me goosebumps to picture it. I agree. Um, but yeah, basically she takes a memory and that's the end of the chapter. We also get a drawing of of Well, what it mine looks comes like. after chapter two. Oh yeah. Um also, really quickly, one of the best lines, Tazbek said, If I had to put you over the edge of the ship and, and like trying to say no, and Shalana interrupts and says, Then I'll get wet. Like the worst that happens is I'm wet and you pull me back up. I'm wet and a fool. This is the yeah. worst thing. And I love that. Yeah, I agree. Um, and also, like, describe the Santa, what it looks like. So. Imagine uh, a giant octopus with two huge eyes yeah. and it wears a shell as a hat. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's like a, yeah. It's like a weird turtle thing. Yeah, it, but like it has tentacles that extend yes. the, into the depth. Kind of like a jellyfish. Like a jellyfish. It's but, basically a jellyfish with a turtle shell. And also eyeballs, though. Jellyfish and, are just kind of yes, floating blobs. And giant eyeballs. Yeah. It's cool, though. It is pretty cool. Um. Yeah, so now we're on to chapter two. And that's me. Chapter two, me. titled Bridge Four, which bridge feels like four. Bridge, bridge Four. Bridge, bridge four. four. Seems like a throwaway title. I'm sure every book in this series has had a title, Bridge Four. Uh, I would, maybe. I would be surprised if the first book didn't have one, and I'd be surprised if t- three and four don't have one. Um, But the really quickly, the journal bit says, our first clue was the Parshendi. Even weeks before they abandoned their pursuit of the gem hearts, their pattern of fighting changed. They lingered on the plateaus after battles as if waiting for something. From the personal journal of Navani Colin. Yes, this is 1174. So this is why I think that maybe it's a future thing yeah. that we haven't gotten to yet. Because so, something's changing about the way Persephone yes, fight. We haven't yet really seen them fight differently. Yeah. So but that's why I think that maybe it's like a future future thing like a coming soon like a mm-hmm. like a hint Brandon Sanderson, was like, Brandon Sanderson was like hey here guess what you want a little like hint into the future yeah ta-da I have a question do you think he writes these bits and bits or do you think he writes all of it and then splits it up into bits for the chapters I bet he writes all of it and that's what I would think up. right that's what I would think anyway um then then this chapter opens it's a Kaladin chapter it opens with Kaladin being all poetic breath a man's breath is his life. Exhale bit by bit back into the world. So Kaladin is just being a little poet over here for a little while. Yeah. Um, and then uh, breath, his own little storm. He genuinely is just being a little poet. <laughs> um, and he walks out into the rain after a high storm and finds uh, his team all like showering and being shaved by rock and stuff. And they're in, they got like 20 empty barracks for all the bridgemen. Yeah. And they're in like the lead one bridge four is and Kaladin um collects the most important the three like leaders that he wants yeah which are Moash Teft and uh Scar yep he also wants Sigzil and Rock to be leaders but those two don't get collected in this moment and he walks the those three over to the barracks full of like the dejected and still broken uh bridgeman yep and every bridgeman was offered the chance to leave and go be free and almost every single one decided to stay because where would I go? Which is honestly fair. Just kind of sad. It is pretty sad, but it um, makes sense. And they uh, are making a plan to figure out how to get these people into fighting shape. And the other three are all like, it's impossible. These people are, you can't save these. And Kaladin's like, I did it with you. We we can do this. And so what they're going to do is they're going to pick some of the most um, – Willing people, yeah, which are the ones who come to their fires essentially, yeah, train them and then give each of them a squad to train by themselves to make like a hierarchy, hierarchical system. Yep, and so, um, that's what they're gonna do, yeah. And they have the five people so Kaladin is a captain, which is the highest dark eyes can be, 
highest dark ice have ever been. I was gonna say technically he can't even be that high, yeah, but it's higher than he should yes, be. Yes, it's the highest Dalinar felt comfortable making him without risking a riot. Yes, other issues. Yeah, and then he makes under under him he makes Teft, Moash, Scar, Sigzel, and Rock. Um, what are they? Not sergeants or something like that. Or the lieutenants. Lieutenants. Yes. And they say that if and then the, they're all training the twenty, which will be yeah. sergeants and then of the companies. Unless um there's an issue with them being dark eyed lieutenants. Then they'll be like then super they'll be sergeants like or whatever. Super sergeants, yes. But basically they'll be in charge of the others. So the hierarchical system is Kaladin, the five, the twenty they train. Well Kaladin, Kaladin the five, bridge four, the twenty they train, all the other soldiers. Because yes, bridge four is now the new cobalt. Cobalt Guard, which is defender of the Dalinar. king and Dalinar. Yes, yep. The all and also the king. It's Dal yeah. it's Dalinar and the king. Yep. Um, and the people, basically, the three that he's talking to are all like, "We can't do this." And Kaladin saying, "Yes, we can. We can make it happen. It's going to be difficult, but we can make it happen." Yeah. And real quick, what they're going to do is so basically, Rock. So this is how their their order. What they're yeah. what they're doing. Rock is going to be the quartermaster in charge of food, that kind of thing. Uh, Lopin will be his second. Um, the, he actually he calls him the Lopin in this scene. No, he says I'll point Lopin. Oh, in in the original version, it says I'll point the Lopin. Oh, it just says I'll point. That Lopin. makes me sad that they changed it. Because <laughs> I even I made a mental note to tell you, haha! I told you they call him the Lopin. No, they don't. <laughs> in my book, they do call him the Lopin. In my Lopin. book, they don't. I'm gonna guess what happened is he called him the Lopin, and then they decided that that was too confusing for people who were like, if you forgot the name, yeah. calling him the Lopin randomly would be like, what in the world is the Lopin? Yeah. Um, that's sad. Oh, well. Teft is in charge of training. Sigzil is like the clerk. And then, because Sigzil can read uh, glyphs. And he's also just smart and cool. Yeah. Um, and then Moashkar and Kaladin, their thing is they're going to be protecting Dalinar at all times. By the way, audience, I'm just going to say these two words because Sydney, three words, because Sydney hasn't done it, but I just want to acknowledge that I am aware as well. Sigzil, sunlit man. So, audience, a lot of us who are into this group will understand because I just wanted to acknowledge that. Yes, I know. Sigzil, sunlit man. Okay. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> that, if I told you more, you'd be confused. So the, I am I'm, confused. I'm not spoiling anything. I just wanted the audience because basically I the books I've learned something later is like a piece that I learned that I feel like I'm going to get told if I don't mention it. Yeah. Sigzil, sunlit man. Anyway. <laughs> I'm so confused. Um, And so uh, Kaladin is saying, Scar, Moash, and I, we will protect the Blackthorn. We will protect Dalinar with everything. Yeah. And they're like, why should we? He's a light eyes. He's terrible. And Kaladin says, he gave his his shard blade for us. I don't think we're to that point yet. Yeah, we are. No, we're not. That's that's where it says that's he appoints the other three. Yes, he appoints the others. And then they, they go into talking about... What I miss? They, they go into uh, the, the tattooing. No. Yes. No. Yes. He gave up his shard blade. You're willing to trust Dalinar? He gave up his shard blade. He owed it to us. That's before tattooing. No, it says, we three, okay. He says, we three, Kalanin told them, are going to focus on watching Dalinar. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, all, all costs. He has our only guarantee of freedom for bridge four. There's none. Good, Kaladin said. And then they go to tattooing. Yeah, I'm. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but he, he says later on, like, they have an argument later on. About, they, they just had one now. Did they? Go back a paragraph. I'm looking at it. I'm confused. Uh, I promise. <laughs> I promise, Sydney Lyle. <laughs> it says, um, Where do you see that? I don't see that. Oh my goodness. 
I don't know that I can't tell you the page because my book is different than yours. Mine's oh, here a Kindle. It is, I see it. There you go. Thank it you. It was like a page later. Yes. Say you're sorry. No. Say you're sorry. No. I was right. <laughs> no. <laughs> they all go get tattooed. Yeah. They get um, they, basically Kaladin drew a glyph that says freed and then the data was freed and who yeah. it was freed by. And they put it over there. Anybody who has like a, a scar on their forehead, like a slave brand. Yeah. They put it over so that if they don't have their freedom papers on them and somebody tries to arrest them, they have evidence on their forehead that we are free. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> and then I am free. Hobber immediately is like, add bridge four. To say, not that I'm freed from Bridge 4, but I was freed by Bridge 4. Yeah. And Kaladin doesn't really, he kind of rolls his eyes, but does it. <laughs> and then That's everyone funny. gets that tattoo on their forehead, even those who don't have scars on their forehead. Yeah. Except for Moash, who gets it on his shoulder, which Kaladin's kind of like, I appreciate that. And I'm kind of like, screw off, Moash. Be a part of the team. <laughs> Just part, be part of the team, Moash. Get, this, get the freaking tattoo on your forehead. But oh well, Kaladin goes last. And the ink just won't stay in his skin. And it's because he's holding Stormlight. Yeah. Can I just say, uh, the tattoo artist, when Shen comes up, which if you remember, Shen's the parchment. Who works with is like Part of Bridge 4. The tattoo artist is like, no, I can't do this. He's property. And all the other Bridgemen are like, no, he's one of us. You do and it. I love that. Yeah, it makes me so happy for Shen, actually. Me I too. forgot about that. Um, but then uh, is like, Gets the tattoo. The ink won't stay. He's like, oh, it's Stormlight. So he pushes out all the Stormlight he has left. Gets that, gets that too. And then immediately lets it sit for a minute. Then sucks in a tiny bit of Stormlight. And instantly all that ink is out of his <laughs> face and drips down his face. Yeah. Um. So basically, uh, Kaladin is like, I'll get it later. But I can't get a tattoo right now, essentially. Because the Stormlight will, will melt it off every time. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Because I, I guess... Stormlight heals wounds. Tattoo's kind of just a wound that Gunk got in. Yeah. I wonder if he let it sit for long enough without putting it, like, inhaling any Stormlight, if it would eventually sink in. Once it, like, started to heal. Yeah, because the scars didn't heal. The scars yeah. are still there. Yeah. That's so, what I'm like, that's, that's an injury that should, that should be healed, but it's not. So maybe you just don't suck in Stormlight for a week and see what happens. Yeah. But, but Kaladin just kind of gives up. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, is it really worth, like, not inhaling Stormlight for, for a week? Yeah. But, Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Then Kaladin walks around the camp a little bit and keeps seeing, because he was thinking about Shen, keeps noticing the parchment and says, and things like, what do they think about this? Like, we're fighting their cousins. Do they have any, do they have any feelings on it? Yeah. And I guess kind of just drops that thought immediately because then they're going to get uniforms. Yay. Yay. Um, they they basically just get themselves uh, the Cobalt Guard uniforms. But, Real quick. Yes. I also would like to point out yes. the fact that um, Kaladin, as he's walking through like the camp, he thinks about how like calm and kind everyone seems compared to Sadius's camp, and he's like, "Well, maybe that just shows that Dalinar is, you know, the man everyone says he is." But he's having a hard time believing that. Yeah. But also, then he kind of realizes soldiers. that. Wait a minute! It's because all the soldiers are dealing with the fact that they all just lost friends. Yeah, and the soldiers that they see walking, by the way, do the little bridge four arms yes. crossed salute yeah. at him. And uh, Moesh says, how long do you think that will last before they resent us? And Rock says, ha, no complaining today. Any complaining will be met with a boot in my butt, in your butt. And um, <laughs> I love Rock. Moash says, you won't even hold a spear. You're going to kick me? And Rash, uh, uh, Rock says, spears are for killing. My boot is for kicking your butt. <laughs> it's fun. I like Rock. I love Rock so much. Um, then they get the Colbert Guard uh, uniform. They do, in fact. But they tear off the sigil of the Cobalt Guard. Oop. And uh, Kaladin's going to make one that's specifically for 
um, bridge four and uh, have that like made into a sigil that they can sew onto their suits. Yeah. So essentially, they have renamed, um, they've renamed essentially bridge four, uh, the Cobalt Guard to be called bridge four. So yeah. now bridge four is a team that protects Dalinar, not the Cobalt Guard. Yep. Which I think is a cool concept. I agree. Yeah. Um. So like, that's kind of cool. Moash then says that he sh- that Kaladin should tell everyone who what kind of thing he is. Yeah. And Kaladin's like, I can't do that. I'm I'm scared. They will take yes. it. I don't care. I don't know how they will, but they will take from me my power. Really they quick, will, they I will just stop would me. like to add the the guy who makes the um the the uniforms. His name is Rind. Yeah. He's actually he's a light eyes, but like the lowest possible you could get. He's just a cool guy. He's actually a very nice person. It yeah. Seems. He and he also doesn't seem jealous or offended by a dark eyes being higher than him. Yes. He actually seems just like a regular human, mm-hmm. which is I think good to sometimes have those in these books. I agree. Reminder: there's regular humans who live in this world. Yep. That's pretty neat. Anyway, the cap the chapter ends with Kaladin cutting off his sigil and saying "Bridge Four," and then the chapter ends and we get a beautiful drawing of the Santhidae. Yes, we do, in fact, get a very beautiful drawing of the Santhidae. All righty. Theories about what's going to happen next. That drawing, look at the eye. I know, it's right? It's so, like, intensely well done. Like, it's very detailed for this little tiny drawing and this little I tiny I know, book. right? It's, it's, this is a really good drawing. It's I'm a very cool, impressed. It's a very cool looking thing. Um, Sydney? Yes? What's going to happen next with Shalon and Yasna? Okay, let's see oh! here. I think they're going to get to the Chattered Plains. Yep. And uh, Shalon's going to meet Adolin. And it's going to be adorable. And I'm so excited. I think, okay, I think what's going to happen, I think Adolin's going to be like, you're joking. I don't. Like, I think he's going to be very opposed to this. I think he's going to, Dalinar's going to tell him. And he's going to be like, you're joking. I don't want to. And he's going to say no. And he's going to meet Shalon. And he's going to be a little bit like, well, maybe. And then he's going to, <laughs> don't look at me like that. He's going to, um, they're going to get to know each other and they're going to fall in love and it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to be a big fan of it. And yeah, that's my theory. Khaled <laughs> and Shalad are going to meet. What are they going to think of each other? I think, I think, okay. I think that Shalon is going to like him. And I think Adolin's going to be very opposed to it at first, but I think he's going to, once they kind of start to get to know each other and start, like, spending time together, they're going to realize that they have very, like, similar, like, I think they're going to have a lot in common more you than mean, you, you mean, expect. Cal- you said Adolin right then. Did you mean Kaladin? Oh, no, I meant Adolin. Okay. What are, Kaladin and Shalada are going oh, to be the same place. Asked? Yes. Oopsies. Kaladin and Shalada are going to be the same place. How do they feel? My bad. You're good. Um, you just got that romance on your mind. I do, yeah. Um, I think that, okay, I think that... Because they're our main characters. Kaladin and Shalon, okay. Um, You're doing some math in your head right now. <laughs> just thinking. I think that uh, Shalon and Kaladin are... I don't think Kaladin's going to like Shalon at first. Mm-hmm. Like, I really don't. I think Kaladin's going to be like, ugh. Ugh. Ugh, yeah. light eyes. But I think he's going to realize that they have... Like, I think he's going to get to know her. Yeah. And they're going to be good for I think I could actually see them becoming like brother or sister hmm, okay vibes awesome sweet yes. now what's gonna happen next with Khaled and his crew I mean to be honest no drama was set up at all for I these. know no drama happened really for anyone but it's hard to make theories six years romance. ago six years ago Yasna saw her dad die that's the only real that's drama sad. <laughs> um, so yeah that's the end of that I guess yeah Um. 
Thank you for for being with us in this part of it. Thank now you for listening to Colton and I argue about <laughs> where in the chapter. I was right. Also, by the way, in class the other day, Sydney said she likes to read. The question, the follow up from the teacher was, "What kind of books do you like to read?" I said romance. She said no. I, I want, actually don't like to read romance. I want to, in a court of law, this last twenty minutes of uh, <laughs> of uh, Sydney. Uh, telling in detail her story she's written in her head between Adolin and Yasn uh, and Shalan. I want this. Okay, I want listen. this to be played in court of law, and then have her say, "I don't like romance." No, books. listen, listen. Okay, I want to tell you this. I don't. I okay. I am not the biggest fan of reading just romance books. Right. Okay. I like romance in books, <laughs> but Fair. romance books are almost too much. I like the idea of. Other things are also happening that are interesting. Yeah. Romance books is just almost too much romance. I agree. We're complex beings who fell in love instead of yes. we're beings who like love who fell in love. Yes. I, yes. I just like the idea of there are other things happening. Like these guys are fighting for their lives, but also romance. Oh like I just I like that there's a, I like books that like have mysteries or suspense. And it's not just, oh, because I like, pick up a romance book. It's OK. They meet. And they start to fall in love and then something happens and they go their separate ways and then they come back together again. And that is every romance book literally ever. <laughs> it's like a Hallmark movie. And while that's good occasionally, I'd rather read something that's got like, oh, Santhids. like, yes, Santhids or it's like a mystery and the suspense. And I don't know what's going to happen. They could die. Maybe they'll end up together. Maybe they won't end up together. I like the romance where I don't know for sure if they're going yeah. to end up together, but I genuinely hope they do. It feels more real to me. Right. How do you so feel I about, don't necessarily like romance. Books. How do you feel about books with six and a half foot swords? All for that. Like, yeah. All right. <laughs> Obviously, we're reading one. Hey, hey, Cindy, you know what time it is? I do. Yeah. It's time to rank the characters. <laughs> okay, here it goes. I will read the characters we saw this week. So yes, we you saw will. Yasna, Gavilar, Amram, Liss, Gagna, Gangna, Sadie, Shalon, Tazbek, Cal... Tosbeck, Yalb, Kaladin, Scar, Moash, Tef, Rock, Hopper, and Rind. Yes, we did. And this week... Real quick, though, before mm. we go into this. Yes. I just would like to say that we are taking into consideration the last book because this is a continuation of the last book. Yes. So we haven't switched books, so we're taking into consideration all that. So just keep that in mind. Keep that but in mind. But also, we're only ranking people that we saw this week. So our top five, bottom five, is the only people we, we've seen so far in this book. Yes. So the, the list goes like this. We like Shalon best. She was very cool, very sweet. We liked her. Yeah. Followed by Kaladin, because he's Kaladin. Yeah. Then Yasna, because she was really neat, cool, handled the death of her dad pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um. Then we got Deft, Moash, and Rock, Scar, and Yalb. No, sorry, and Scar, not Yalb yet. They're yeah. all bridge four. They're very cute. We like them a lot. Yeah. Then Yalb, he was funny. Then Haber, very happy to get his head tattooed. Huh. Yeah. Um, then we have Rind, who is surprisingly nice for just a, a dark eye, a light eye person. Yep. Then Tazbek, because he kind of was degrading to Shalon for no reason, but still not bad. Then Liss, because she's an assassin and kind of a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then in the Wish You Were Dead tier, we have Amram and Sadius, which is influenced largely by the last book, and uh -huh. we know about them. Yep. Then in the actually dead tier, we have Gavilar, who we saw die, and uh, Genga, the, uh, what's it called? The Parshendi. The Parshendi who got hanged in the prologue. Yep. So we they're dead. We don't like them. So... You want to read this week's top five, bottom five? Yes. Cindy? So our top five is Shalon, Kaladin, Yasna, Teft, and Moash, because those were the top five characters that we saw so far. We've seen so far in this book. And then the bottom five, Liss, Gavilar, Amram, Gangna, and Sadius. 
because yeah. those are the worst characters we've seen so far in this book because we haven't seen that much in the way of characters yet because we just started this book. <laughs> so if you're wondering, the reason for each of these characters' placements is um, just exactly the list above. Yep. The top five are just the people who got uh, one through five in the bottom. And the bottom five is a mix of the, the you know, bottom five of the green and the wish you were dead and the dead tier. Yeah. But yeah, it kind of makes sense, this little list. Yeah, I agree. All righty. That's the end of this episode. It is the end of this episode. Thank you all for listening to this episode. We really, really appreciate you being here. Yep. I, it's been so long, Sydney. What do we talk about during the outro? Uh, we talk about... Next week. Next week, we are reading chapters 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Chapters 3 through 11. 3 through 11. Make sure you have those read or Sydney will push your dad off a balcony in front of you. Ooh. And then I walked on the wall. Then you should walk right down the wall. So you'll make little good, little bad. Dad died. Bad. See a dude walk on the wall. It's like a circus. You're good. It's, a, it's like <laughs> kind of like a little balance of both. <laughs> I just am holding a sword and walking down the wall. And yeah. It's just going to be totally, gonna completely be, normal. It's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. At least. It'll be pretty chill. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, also, thank you to Alesia for the intro and outro of this program. It's called Windrunner Remake. It's a very good song. It's really cool. You ought to hear it in a few seconds because that's what we do at the end of the episode. That's how episodes work. Yeah, man. Um, that is A-L-E-Z-E-I-A on Spotify. Yep. Make sure you have this book read. Once again, it's uh, there's a link in the description for the first few weeks of where to go buy this book. It's really, it's really, really cool. We enjoy reading it with you guys. Uh, yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. My name is Colin Pratt. And I'm Sydney Lyerly. I love you. Peace. Why are you still here? The show's over.